Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, the team leader for the Gospel Project for Adults. This is our weekly leader training podcast. And this week we are on Unit 23, Session 2, titled, Disciples Live for God's Glory. As Jesus taught his disciples about the nature of the kingdom of heaven in his Sermon on the Mount, he was pointing them to the reality that his kingdom is a different kind of kingdom than what they were expecting. Many wanted the physical kingdom, the overthrow of Rome and the liberation of the Promised Land with a restored kingship. But Jesus' message in the Sermon on the Mount offered a better kingdom, a heavenly kingdom that had come to change the way followers of Jesus live, reorienting their practices and purposes for doing their righteous deeds. The actions of those who follow Jesus should not be done for their own notoriety, but rather so that they might grow in their faith and please their Heavenly Father. Jesus highlighted three practices in particular, which we will examine in the three points of this session. But the applications of Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6 reach to many of the ways we evaluate and seek to portray a holy spirituality. The question in the introduction will help your group members to begin thinking through some of those ways that we ourselves may be guilty of putting on a spiritual appearance in order to make ourselves look better or to gain the praise of human beings. In point one, we learn that Jesus' disciples give secretly. In the three passages we study in this session, Jesus contrasts true discipleship with the self-focused actions of those he called hypocrites. The hypocrites were people who practiced their righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Likely these were Pharisees, generally, but anybody can be a hypocrite. They wanted to look and act spiritual, but only so they could gain the attention, accolades, and applause of others. And they probably got exactly what they were looking for. But Jesus said that was all they got. Temporary, fading, earthly rewards. In this passage, These hypocrites gave to the poor in order to get for themselves earthly attention. By contrast, Jesus' followers are to give to the poor to receive a heavenly reward. This still may sound self-centered, but according to Jesus, this is categorically different. Giving to the poor in secret, avoiding the attention of human beings, exhibits faith in God, trusting that He sees our good works and rewards them in His timing and for our eternal good. In this way, We help supply the needs of others, but we also give glory to God because we show that we are concerned only for His attention, believing that His accounting alone matters. A challenge you might toss out to your group with this point is to tease out how Jesus' teaching here relates to Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5.16 that we studied last week. What does it mean to let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven? and yet also give in secret, such that your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. How should we reconcile these two instructions from Jesus? That might be an interesting discussion point for your group. In point two, we learn that Jesus' disciples pray sincerely. Moving from the discipline of giving to the discipline of prayer, Jesus applies the same secrecy principle to praying. The hypocrites loved to pray in public places to be heard and noticed by people. And again, this was the sum total of their reward for their, quote, goodness, unquote. In contrast, Jesus' disciples, citizens of his heavenly kingdom, are to make it their practice to pray in private, where only the Father can see. And again, 
The promise is that God will see such prayers and grant rewards for them. This provides evidence of faith and gives glory to God. Now, the Bible is full of public communal prayers. And even the model Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples speaks of our Father in heaven and give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts. By this, I take it that we believers should have a vibrant, secret, personal prayer life that grounds our daily efforts to practice righteousness for God's glory. But we should also join with other believers in prayer at times. Not to put ourselves out there before the group, but to be of one mind and heart as we together go to the Lord in prayer, seeking His will and the strength to accomplish it. Not only does Jesus instruct His disciples about prayer in private, He instructs us on how to pray faithfully. We shouldn't think that we can manipulate God with a multitude of words. Rather, if we come to the Father in faithful prayer, then we should believe that He is all-knowing and already knows what we need before we ask. So the goal of our prayers isn't to change God's mind, but to submit ourselves to Him and actively seek His help that He promises He is ready and willing to give. Should you have the time, or perhaps consider it worthwhile to make the time within your group meeting, you would do well to use the prayer Jesus provided in this passage as a framework for praying for your group right then and there. Aim to pray for God's glory and the good of your group, and in this way you will be praying according to Jesus' instructions for faithful discipleship. Finally, in point three, we learn that Jesus' disciples fast humbly. Jesus now applies the principle of secrecy to the spiritual discipline of fasting. Since fasting is the least recognized or understood of the disciplines covered today, you may find it helpful to define fasting for your group using the sidebar on leader page 86. This definition goes beyond what fasting is to its purpose, which isn't self-punishment but an intentional whole body focus on God as an act of dependence and worship. After defining fasting, the second thing to note is Jesus' sense of expectation that his disciples would fast on occasion. This is a neglected spiritual discipline for believers today. But it seems that we should be mindful of practicing fasting at times to honor our Heavenly Father and entrust Him with the rewards that come from it. So, whenever we fast, not if we fast, we should make it a point to do so without calling attention to ourselves. This is perhaps more significant in our day precisely because fasting is so neglected. In our day when believers don't fast regularly, this spiritual discipline seems exotic and fascinating, which could more easily tempt us to broadcast the practice for the human attention of others. So when we fast, we should be extra mindful of Jesus' instructions here to do so in secret. In Matthew 6, Jesus warned his disciples not to act for their own glory or seek reward from others, from human beings, as if we should fear man. Rather, when believers seek God's glory, they will receive reward from Him. And this is the kind of treasure we should seek, storing up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Jesus demonstrated this truth in His incarnation. He took on flesh, suffered, and died on the cross for our salvation. Through Jesus' humble obedience, the Father has been glorified, and He has been rewarded for His faithfulness. Jesus has been enthroned on high at the right hand of the Father, awaiting the day His rule over all things is made complete. And in addition to the kingdom, Jesus has been granted a people as His reward.
you and me, all believers, all disciples. We are his reward, and Jesus is most certainly ours. Because we believers have come to recognize the world's rewards as fleeting and unfulfilling, we should seek to live each day in view of eternity, joyfully sacrificing what is temporary for that which is eternal. In this way, we will store up treasures in heaven, and this, in large part, is by proclaiming Jesus and his gospel so others may join his eternal kingdom through repentance and faith. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.